0: I don't think we're being persecuted yet I think we've been inconvenienced but what happens if we are going to be persecuted for our faith what are we going to do and how are we going to respond will we ever be persecuted by the law who stands outside the building and keeps us from entering to assemble the worship will there ever be a time that that will happen. How many times have we uh, prayed over the years and we've said that God would never allow a law to come in that would keep us from worshiping according to the divine pattern? And then we have always said, but if there is such a law to give us the courage and the strength and the conviction to do what God has said and nothing else. Well, you know, there's been a great discussion throughout the brotherhood uh, this last week And it's been over, what do you do if the law says you cannot assemble? What do you do? Some people have said, well, if the law says that you can't assemble, we have to obey the laws of the land, so therefore we will not assemble. That is not true. We obey God instead of man if man's laws interfere with what God has instructed us to do. Now, there are things that we can do. We can assemble at a different location. There are other things that we can do. We can assemble at a different time. Somebody even said, you know, we could meet even earlier. And I know that 8 a.m. is awfully early, but we could meet earlier than that. There are things that we can do, and I don't have time to go into that. In fact, I wanted to preach a sermon on the scriptural assembly and what are the rules for assembly and what would we do if we couldn't all gather together in one place. But I don't have time to go into that in 10 minutes. Maybe that's coming soon. But I want to talk about being persecuted for just a little bit. You know, the Hebrew brethren that were found in written to in the book of Hebrews, they were undergoing such persecution. They were going, undergoing great persecution. In fact, as they were looking toward or nearing the destruction of Jerusalem, there were great persecutions around them. And that's why the Hebrew writer, and I believe that to be Paul, said not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some it is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Historically speaking, those Jewish Christians were undergoing such persecution that many had turned their back on Jesus and had gone back to the ways of the old law. They said, listen, it's easier just to go back to Judaism and not be persecuted anymore. And Paul said, no. Don't forsake the assembly as some are doing so, but you encourage one another as the day is approaching. And that day there, I believe, to be the destruction of Jerusalem because they were going through great persecution. What did Jesus say, though, about persecution? In the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said these amazing things in verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, very briefly now, I want to talk about three things. There's three reasons that the child of God can have victorious optimism in the face of persecution. Number one because of the Christian's relationship to God. Number two, because of the reality of truth. And number three, because of the reward of the righteous. These are things that we can have victorious optimism through the persecutions that come our way. Number one, though, because of of the Christian's relationship with God. When Jesus talked about the Beatitudes, by the way, the Beatitudes, the Latin form of that word means blessed, blessed. The Greek form of that word means happy or content. So when you look at the very idea, Jesus is saying is happy or content are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake. And he wasn't saying that you'd be happy for the physical trial or the outward persecution. But he's talking about the spiritual blessings that you get when you endure. So the first thing that we want to notice is the Christian's relationship with God. Happiness is knowing that God is on our side. I don't think there's enough said about that. God knows where you are today. God knows that you've assembled with the Lord's church to worship God. He knows that. God is on our side. When we pray to God and we ask God that there would be nothing that would come our way by way of persecutions, but give us the strength to endure, He is on our side. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, Paul said, If God before us... Who can be against us? Psalm 46, one through three, God is our refuge and our strength. In Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 11, the Lord is with me as an awesome, mighty one. In First John 3 and verse 1, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. God is on our side and we have victorious optimism. Now I'm just going to say something about faith briefly. If you're going to have faith and you're going to have increased faith, you have to either have faith or not. And you've heard me preach a sermon about fear. And I said a person is either fear-driven or they are faith-driven. If you're going to be faith-driven, you literally, and you got to make good decisions on our part, absolutely. But we have to put our faith and our trust in God that God is in control in both time and eternity. God is on our side. So if we are at some point in time persecuted for righteousness' sake, there's victorious optimism and happiness being contentment because God is on our side. Number two, because of the reality of truth. You know, that's a really interesting concept the reality of truth. You know, sometimes when we undergo a persecution or we suffer in some way or another, sometimes when we go through a suffering, we may in our mindset our mind might say wait a minute now is it my fault have i done something that's caused me to be in the predicament that i'm in and to suffer what i'm suffering so happiness comes in the persecution knowing it's not our fault knowing the reality of truth and truth does not change happiness comes from knowing that the truth will never change if we're persecuted for our faith we know it's not our fault because truth doesn't change. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. In Malachi 3 and verse 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. If we follow the word of God, we understand it is the standard. It does not change, and happiness or contentment is this to know that God what God has said is right. It is true. And regardless of the circumstances in our life, God is ultimately in control. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, the Bible talks about the idea that the word of God lives and abides forever. And truth will ultimately prevail. In Romans chapter 2, and verse 2, the Bible says we know that the judgment of God is according to truth. You know something about that. Something about that. When you talk about God's word is according to truth. And God's judgment is according to truth. Sometimes people ask the question, would God do so and so and such and such? Well, here's the point. It's not for me to say what God will do or God will not do. God is the ultimate judge, but I will tell you this. Whatever God's judgment is, it will be right. It will be just His judgment is always right. Number three, and finally, and then I'm finished. We have victorious optimism because of the reward that we'll have in heaven one day. But there's so much more to that, though. There are things that we're going to have in our life that we understand. There are challenges that come our way. But let's talk about briefly the practical benefit of challenges, the practical benefit of trials that come our way. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, these things are called light affliction. And these light afflictions, they do something. The more the affliction, the heavier weight of glory. That's an amazing concept. And by the way, glory there in that passage means this. It's talking about a person's capacity to praise, serve, and honor God. So the greater the challenge that's in your life, as you may suffer someday, And you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. The heavier the trial, the heavier the weight, the heavier the persecution, the greater the weight of eternal glory. Your capacity to serve God. In other words, we can be better on the other side of the challenge than we ever were before for the cause of Christ. What else? It gives us something else. It gives us patience. Practical benefit. It gives us patience. In 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7, in this you greatly rejoice that for a time you may have these manifold things that come our way, these various things that come our way, but they're light, they're momentary, and one day they'll be gone. God gets the praise when we stand up for him now, and we get the reward in heaven one day. So, happiness comes from understanding our reward in heaven Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, for great is your reward in heaven. So are we being persecuted right now? I don't think so yet. But there may come a time when that's exactly what we'll have to endure. And if that is the case, will we stand for what's right? Now, I'll just say this in closing. If they came, the authorities came, and they said, you must disband, we would disband. And then we'll meet an hour later somewhere else. But we don't just stand there and say, throw me in jail. We take the bullseye off the Lord, and we say, okay, and then we just go assemble somewhere else. That's what we do. There may come a time when we're not able to assemble. What are we going to do? We're going to keep assembling. And as those Hebrew Christians underwent all that persecution because of their faith, we'll do the same thing if that is the case. So pray hard. Pray hard that we won't have such a circumstance. But also pray... For the courage, the conviction, and the strength to do what's right. In conclusion, Christians can be happy when persecuted, if that is the case, because of our relationship with God. He's our refuge and our strength. Realizing the reality of truth, it does not change and it's not our fault. We're following the pattern that God has given. And number three, because of the reward of the righteous. One day in heaven. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by The Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information, or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.